When you deep dive into the world of your subconscious mind, you will meet the powerful creator that you are meant to be. Leave old and dysfunctional patterns behind. Have and become what you really want and not just what you think you can. Develop a new relationship with the world and embrace your true destiny. Welcome to the Prosperity Mindset with Robert Sentesh. Hey everyone, welcome. I am super excited because we are going to have a really awesome and amazing episode here. And the title is Why So Many People Choose to Stay Stuck. Now, you might ask yourself, why do you say choose to stay stuck? We choose everything that happens to us. There's no such thing as random. There's no such thing as victimhood. And I will explain in this episode why we choose even negative results and how you can turn things around. So the topic today is about a collection of rather sneaky unconscious programs that are hidden in our mind, hidden in the unconscious world. And these cause people, you, me, to stay stuck, to stay small, and to sabotage finances, relationships, and even create health problems. And you might have seen or you might have actually lived this yourself. I certainly did where you start making all the wrong choices unconsciously. So why does it happen and what is really going on inside of our mind where we create not just these circumstances but also the decisions that lead up to these circumstances. So for me as a high-level coach, this is one of the first things I help my clients identify. Like why do they self-destruct? Why do they choose a lot of their patterns? Because if I don't do this, they will continue self-destructing and destroy their lives by repeating the same patterns and the same habits unconsciously, and they will not even know it. And these destructive patterns are called secondary gains. Now, if you had taken any neuro-linguistic programming seminar or had studied even the fundamentals of psychology, you know that secondary gains something not to be taken lightly. Because what they mean is that there is a benefit, there is a gain, a perceived gain, and a perceived benefit for the person behind every problem, and thus, and therefore, they want to hold on to the problem. Okay, I will get into that, so stick around, grab a pen and paper, because we'll have some fun exercises later. But these secondary gains are the number one reasons why people self-sabotage their life, their relationship, including their health. And I'll give you guys some good examples, all right? So I want to start teasing you a little bit by a couple really simple questions. Can you remember a time when you said no to something and then you ended up regretting it? Can you remember a time when you said no to something that you really kind of wanted, but you ended up regretting that you said no? Oh, should I should have said yes, I should have gone. Yeah, we all have. And then the flip side of the coin is, can you remember a time when you said yes to something and then you ended up regretting that, right? I should have never said yes. I should have never gone. I should have never done that, right? What I hear a lot is that people say, you know, if it feels off, it's off. Well, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. If it feels right, it's right. Well, here's the deal, folks. An average person without a substantial subconscious change work 
will not be able to tell apart right from wrong easily, will not be able to really differentiate between feelings and intuition. So you need to understand that there is conscious effort required in the beginning, especially for you to see that your unconscious patterns, that includes your beliefs, that includes your limiting beliefs, that includes your internal conflicts, that includes your internal alignment, everything needs to be, you, you need to bring it to conscious awareness so that you could make good decisions. And that is not just given because a lot of these things are so uh, complex and detailed. It's not something that you're going to be detangling on your own, right? That is why mentorship is so important. So I will give you guys a few examples about secondary gains and what they do, because this will help you relate to it better. As I promised, I will give you some questions to ask. And then when you start asking those questions, then you'll be able to see behind the problem. And then once you do that, your conscious awareness of it will be giving you the permission to leave it behind. So secondary gains cause people to repeat past mistakes and failures. Okay, you probably have been repeating mistakes and failures. So have I. This is not something that is unique to any of us. We are all humans and we have to go through these uh, experiences in order to be able to step above them. Secondary gains also create a lot of financial business and relationship and health sabotage. Yes, so if you have money problems, if you have been trying to establish your own business, but you somehow either limiting your, your earning or you have relationship problems or any kind of health uh, challenge, that is because you have secondary gains in the unconscious that is keeping things that way, all right? Now, secondary gains also make people lose their rational decision-making ability. And how long can you make bad decisions and not really start doubting your ability? And that's why people eventually become indecisive. They don't want to make yet another bad decision, so they go, ugh, you know. But if they were able to identify why they were making those bad decisions, what secondary gains were guiding them or making them choose the wrong decision, then they would be able to let that pattern go and then come back and make better and newer decisions. Secondary gains also cause people to get stuck and not be able to move forward. Secondary gains cause people to have a hard time with accountability, and that is why people don't step up. Some people have a very difficult time losing weight. Well, it is also a secondary gain, right? It's uh, why are they not able to lose? Why are they eating? Why are they overeating? Why, why, why do we do what we do, even if it's self-destructive, even if it's not what we want? Because there are these unconscious secondary gains in place that will make holding on to a problem more important than losing the problem. You have hundreds of these. I had hundreds of these. So it's something, again, that you need to identify and then let go. Now, when I talk about weight gain and losing weight, there's so much more to it than just discipline and diet. You know, there's so much more to us than the physical, right? I understand that diet is important, discipline, all that. But people that eat really well, you know, they're vegetarian, they still gain weight. It's because it's unconscious, right? So the secondary gains are unconscious habits that have formed over time to protect unhealed wounds and to create a bypass around them. Okay, I'll say this again because it's really important. Secondary gains are unconscious habits. You don't know you're doing it until somebody points it out. And these have formed over time to protect something, to protect you from something. And it could be an unhealed wound, could be additional things, which I will get into soon in this presentation, and to create a bypass around them so you don't have to experience the same discomfort. But if you don't step outside of your comfort zone, you'll never grow. So often these secondary gains 
are keeping us in our comfort zone, which is, I always said, it's a death trap. It's a dead zone. And you need to use conscious effort to step out of it. Okay? I'll give you guys some examples for secondary gains. And this will help you understand that why we are so not logical, why the human species is so not logical, why we make decisions based on emotions and not follow like the, the fundamental and the simple principles. Now, some of you might be smokers. I certainly was a smoker. I, I understand what it does and why people do it. But if you tell a smoker, go ahead and quit because it's bad for your health and, and all that, you, you heard it all before. It's not going to make a big dent in their decision-making process because quite often smokers will not quit because it gives them a way to socialize. It gives them a way to go outside. It also gives them a, a sense of freedom to leave the office or, or wh whatever they do, wherever they are. So the secondary gain is for them to have the interaction. The secondary gain is to have that perceived freedom, is to have that socialization time. And even if it's endangering their health, the emotion of the freedom, the emotion of the connection is going to be more important to them than their health. So you could see this simple everyday example is already so common that people will choose you know, their unfulfilled or their emotion over their logical choice. Here's another example. Many illnesses have secondary gains. In fact, all illnesses have secondary gains. Did you know that at the very, very deep unconscious level, your unconscious mind has the blueprint to perfect health? Okay, it has the blueprint of perfect health. That means that deep down, once you do the unconscious change work, you won't get sick because you will be able to see that all of your subconscious patterns and thinking patterns add up to a certain illness. So illness has its own psychology. But the most common secondary gains that illnesses have, for example, is to get attention or to feel that they are loved or to feel that they are cared about. And it sounds ridiculous and you, your ego might start getting all upset, but it's tell your ego to, you know, just, just tata off for a moment because... Most people self-destruct because they don't understand that their own mind, their own ego, is starting to take advantage of their um, a, a blindness, if you will. There's a blind spot, right? And if you are willing to see it, if you're willing to look at it, then you will lose a lot of your self-sabotaging patterns and you will be able to start going after what you want without self-destruction, predictable self-destruction. Another couple examples is procrastination. And even perfectionism are classic examples of secondary gains. Like, you know, I've been on coaching calls and group coaching calls and people ask me, it's like, okay, why do I procrastinate? I said, well, why do you procrastinate? And why are you trying to play the perfectionist, right? Um, I will get into that in just a second, but I want you to know that if this applies to you, I have also made a separate podcast episode a week or two ago about procrastination the secondary gain behind procrastination is to avoid something which is your higher purpose. Your ego has layered in a bunch of steps and a bunch of complicated, overly complicated steps so that you will say no because it doesn't want you to achieve your purpose. Okay? So here's another secondary gain example. When people fear failure, their mind will make them avoid new activities. What that translates to is that have you felt that you have failed in the past? Of course, right? Part of the path. Now, have you really felt negative emotions about failing? Of course. Now, do you want to feel the same way ever again? Of course not. So what do you do 
what strategy, what secondary gain have you devised or come up with to avoid that feeling of failure? Quite often, these mechanisms that we devise are avoidance. We don't want to engage in certain activities. And you do this long enough and you will be watching life pass you by. You will be one of those people that are on the sidelines of life because you don't want to reenact an old unhealed story. Let it be a failure, let it be a heartbreak, let it be whatever. We have thousands of these stories that are unhealed. So the secondary gain, what it does, guys, is that it tries to protect you from getting hurt again. But in the same mechanism, in the same strategy, in the same structure, it also protects you from life. It protects you from growing, it protects you from gaining muscle, and eventually it makes you think smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually creates the victim mindset, which is like life is just happening to me, why me, poor me, and then of course that leads to nothing good. Now, in the context of prosperity, I want you to know that it is your obligation to look at what is not working in your life. You didn't come here to just be useless and and to waste your life away. You have very, very specific gifts that you are supposed to unarchive and find. They are quite often underneath your challenged areas, whether it's in a relationship or your health or your finances. And you are supposed to learn about them, heal them, and then exercise the new level of prosperity that you have promised to God or to the universe at birth or before you were born. But if you're not doing it, and I see a lot of people uh, not going after their dreams or playing small, and the question is why? Well, one of the most common secondary gains that people have is avoidance of responsibility. Okay? Again, I'll show you guys or, or I'll, I'll mention a few good questions that will help you bring these real juicy subconscious programs to the surface so that you don't no longer have to be trapped by them. But if you are not prospering, that means that either you are on your way to it or you're working towards it, great, I applaud you. But if you have decided that it is not for you, I want you to lose that belief, okay? If you feel that you have resigned or you have stopped growing, why? What is the secondary gain behind it? You're not supposed to. You're doing way more damage than you realize. You're not supposed to be playing small and acting small and all of those things. So are you avoiding responsibility, right? Um, Maybe you don't want to manage a bigger life. What will happen if you managed a bigger life? What will happen if you become prosperous? What beliefs or circumstances do you think you would have to be in or would you have to face? You see how this works? So our mind is very, very intelligent. It knows what we've been through. It understands what we will experience in the future, what we will encounter. And if it's not inside our comfort zone, it will say no. So that is why the moment you choose and accept the fact that you cannot afford to be comfortable, And there are subconscious techniques where you can actually step out of your comfort zone and be just fine and not feel fear and not feel any of that stuff. Then the moment you step out of your comfort zone, that's when you can experience growth and expansion. And that is necessary for your prosperity and for your success. So are you avoiding unresolved uh, painful perceptions from the past? And what are you doing about it? So guys, here's what I promised and the questions that you can ask. And I will mention... 
six questions. The first three will be a little bit of the exploration about the problem. And then the second set of the questions will be about your secondary gain questions. Question number one, what area in your life is challenging? Simple question. Is it relationship? Is it money? Is it your health? Okay, it could be multiple, could be one. At least one is always my answer. So what area in your life is challenging? Question number two, where do you experience negative emotions, resistance, anger, frustration, or sadness? Inside that arena, inside this area of your life, where do you experience negative emotions, resistance, anger, frustration, even sadness? Okay, if you are in, uh, say, the area of finance, you want to make more money, and all of a sudden you see someone who's doing really well financially, what is your immediate emotion? For most people, it's very negative. Ugh, look at them. These people, they have it easy, right? And then all of a sudden, you don't even realize that you're spewing out your own limiting beliefs and your own unconscious programs that are not designed to keep you small, but actually to or make you grow above them. Okay, so next time you see something or somebody that triggers you or frustrates you, you should start seeing them from an inspirational angle rather than a self-destructive angle whereby you, you declare yourself that you don't have it and therefore you're a loser. So what would you have to do to improve your situation? What would you have to do to improve your situation? What action steps do you need to take to improve your situation? Okay, so these three questions are the, the introductory questions, and here comes the juice. What is holding you back from improving your situation? Okay, be bluntly honest. Just be bluntly honest, because radical honesty will set you free. And let go of the superficial and the egoic explanations, like, oh, because, and blah, 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 blah. No, no victim stuff. Go deep. Do your gut feeling. Be this blunt, honest five-year-old kid. And tell yourself, write it down, what is holding you back from improving your situation? And if it's fear, if it's this and that, fine, we all have it. But if you do not identify these, those fears will be continually showing up in your life and will continually talking you out of moving forward. And this is why I am not a fan of just too much positive psychology or positive thinking because that is the last step in a process and I teach this in my advanced seminar. Question number two, or, or that would be question number five, actually. What is the benefit that you are getting out of by not changing? So what benefit do you get out of by not changing? So what benefit do you get out of by staying stuck? Now, I want to warn you, if, if you have a good and cooperative unconscious mind, and you're, you're going to go, oh my God, you know, and, and you're going to start saying things, but as you say them, let it go, just acknowledge them and laugh because we've been shaming these secondary gains unconsciously and the more you shame anything inside you, the deeper you, you, you kind of push it down and it's still going to be active. It's still going to determine and dictate your life circumstances, but you will not know why. You will create additional cover-up stories and then you explain this and your ego comes in and then... The cover-up story is just another failure mechanism because the unresolved story underneath it is still just there. So what is the benefit that you are getting by not changing? 
And quite often it's an avoidance. Uh, I mentioned this, that deep down every single human has these uh, avoiding my purpose, avoiding thinking big. And then you need to look behind it. Why? Why are you avoiding it? But you will never know that detective question until you explore your secondary gains. And that's where you will find additional limiting beliefs, internal conflicts, and a lot of shadow stories. I mean, like thousands of them. And it's something that I want every single one of you to know that when you do this work, you become extremely clear about life. You become very clear about what you want. And you will not have to hide from life. So you, you think that what is shameful is not shameful. It is part of your evolution. And what you're actually doing, the hiding, all of that is something that needs to go. And I see this way too much. So come out of hiding and start taking charge of your life and start showing up in full color and full contrast and full brightness because that's what you promised the world to do. I'm going to tie this presentation up and, and want to recap that secondary gains are one of the main reasons why goals are not achieved for so many people. And you might have taken seminars or workshops and even did goal-setting exercises and you felt probably awesome. And, but what happens three days later? What happens midweek, Wednesday and Thursday? Do you feel the same motivation? Do you feel the same excitement, right? It's gone. And why is it gone? Because your original subconscious programs are showing up again. They're back in the game. And they cause you to repeat the same old stories, the same old emotions, and same results that you've always been doing. But this is where you have a choice. The old way was people get all upset. They get all ashamed. And they resign. Oh, I'm such a loser. I am such a failure. I'm blah, 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 all that. It's just a self-deprecating junk that you need to stop doing. And then go, wait a minute. I am feeling negative emotions. I am catching myself, intercepting myself from moving forward, from my promise. Why? Why? Okay? And you can intercept them and start discovering why you do what you do. What is the secondary gain? What is this twisted, crazy logic that will actually keep you small, will make you believe that you're doing the right thing, but you're not? You're self-destructing. So, so the, as you could see, the ego is very clever, and it will steer a person to make suboptimal choices. Now, this is not obvious. You know, you might say, oh, I'm making all the right choices. You're not making the right choices. Because if you really answer those questions I asked, you will be able to go, oh my gosh, that's what I want. I'm clear on this one. These are the action steps I need to take. And boom, 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 step one, two, three. And, and, and then you start ac activating your, your strength and you start achieving your desire. So why aren't you doing it? It's because of secondary gains. So the ego then all of a sudden goes, oh, you know what? Let's try this. Let's dabble it. So we're looking for nice instead of useful. And, and you're doing it. I certainly had done it. And that is why when we make decisions, you have to really start using your conscious part, your logical part, not just your tainted emotional part of the mind so that you can go, wait a minute. This decision-making process that I am relying on is not helpful. It's giving me the same darn results and I'm not happy with it. So you have to consciously step over that old cycle and then start seeing why you do what you do. Cool? As you could see, a lot of these secondary gains, a lot of the, the, the lim limiting beliefs, they are not in place to punish you. They are not in place to keep you small. They are there to, to learn about life, to learn about your own internal subconscious structure. And 
all the scriptures, they all talk about your subconscious world, your unconscious world, which is, you have heard the, the saying that the person's enemies will be always in his own household. And that's what it means, is that your subconscious thought patterns, your subconscious unresolved stories are your enemies. So don't treat them as your enemies. Look at them, embrace them, and you will feel much better. And when you do that, that's when life will become amazing. That's when you begin to bloom. I mentioned this, that the ego likes partial solutions. So make sure that if you really want something, that you develop the courage, you develop the personality, the persona that is required or is necessary to go after what you want. You are not doing anybody a favor by playing small. In fact, you're doing the opposite. You're shortchanging the world. And here's something that I want you to know. When you play small, you cause other people to play small around you. You will limit them by spewing out your own limiting beliefs. Oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That's not safe. Well, those are your limiting beliefs, right? And you're supposed to get out of your safe zone, your comfort zone, and start telling yourself that it is junk. It is the old way of thinking. And rather start stepping up and embracing your destiny. That's what you are supposed to do. And start encouraging others to do the same. And that is why I wrote the book, The Mastering of Your Mind, because it breaks it down very specifically why people do what they do and what belief structures and what belief systems are in place or that are in the way of their progress. The moment you feel like you need to talk somebody out of something, even though they are really excited and they, they feel very aligned with it, is because you have your own limiting beliefs. And very often these are invisible and very often these are scarcity patterns. Like, oh, I don't, unconscious, of course. Like, I don't want you to grow too big or to be so, so successful because then I have to look at my own failed self, right? So make sure that as you grow and as you leave these patterns behind that you realize your secondary gains, which was exactly another one I just gave you, you don't talk people out of their journey and their, their dreams because that what is your secondary gain of that? To not be uncovered, discovered, and you know not have to look at your own insufficiencies. And you see, and that comes with really bad karma. So make sure that you improve yourself, you step up your game, and you start sharing your gifts. You start encouraging people because that is what creates absolute prosperity and abundance. So when you work on yourself, when you really overcome your challenges and you go, brothers and sisters, I want you to do the same because it is in you. My path is not your path. So you have your own chemistry. You have your own way of approaching things, but you got to overcome your limitations. You got to overcome your limited thinking, and then we can thrive together.